0: I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get texted by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. You want complete freedom in life. The formula is very simple. You got to give up all your security. If you want 100% security in life, then go to prison and get locked into a max security facility. You won't have contact with another person. No one can emotionally harm you, criticize you, or harass you in any way, shape, or form, but you give up 100% of your freedom. Dre exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, it relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. fabulous way i can't say it enough work on your game people often ask me dre is there any way that i could work with you directly is there any way that i could talk to you on a regular basis just ask you questions share with you what i'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where i'm going personally and professionally the answer is yes and the further answer is there's only one place to do that that is Work On Your Game University. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your gameuniversity.com. There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs, and we go from there. I'll see you inside. Again, that's WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental toughness to continue showing up doing the work. Putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved, and on top of all this, you get to use those personal initiative, which is the go getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques, all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called Work on Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is: There are no safe spaces in real life. Before we get into what this topic means and where it's going, let me remind everybody I send out a text every day, guaranteed to have you focus, sharpen, on point, start your day. We do one for the week also. Follow those daily and the Monday motivations respectively. You can get those messages by joining my text community free of charge. My number is 305-384-6894. Secondly, work on your game university. That's the only place you can work with me directly, only place you can have me directly as a coach if you are so inclined. The best way to Find out more and see what your options are for the universities just to go to simply work on your game university dot com. That link and number to my text community are both down below in the show notes, along with some links to other things like sponsors we mentioned, and all of that stuff, books, all of those things are mentioned down below in the show notes. So any of you who's ever wanting to get access to that stuff you hear me mention, but you maybe not listening fast enough to catch the URLs or the phone numbers, etc. Everything is always down below in the show notes. So with that out of the way, let's get into today's topic, which is there are no safe spaces in real life. So first of all, let's get clear on what a safe space is. Now, this seems to be this whole uh, new thing, and we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's just give a definition, because I like to oftentimes give definitions of any term that I'm describing, especially a term that many people use. And I want to make sure we're all on the same page as far as the context through which I am using the term so that we're all on the same page. At least you understand where I'm coming from when I say what I say. doesn't mean you have to agree with me, but you need to understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. So the definition of a safe space is, and this is from, I believe it's from Wikipedia. might be from just the regular dictionary because they had this in the dictionary now. A place or environment in which a person or category of people can feel confident that they will not be exposed to discrimination, criticism, harassment, or any other Emotional or physical harm. Close quote. That's the definition of a safe space where there will be no discrimination, criticism, harassment, or any type of emotional or physical harm. That's what a safe space is. This entire concept. And if you are psychographically aligned with me, and many of you who listen to this show a lot, you are. Some of you are new and you're testing the waters here, and that's completely fine. And you're going to know by the end of today's episode whether you are in or out on this show right here. But this entire concept of a safe space is complete garbage. It is useless and is a made up idea that someone with some advanced degree from some liberal university who's now working in that same system slash bubble, they are pushing these nonsensical ideas onto the next generation of college professors, DEI job holders, and corporate America employees. That's where this came from. This came from some person graduated from some university who came up with this brilliant idea. And I'm being uh, facetious when I say brilliant idea of a safe space. Uh, This is again, completely nonsensical. It doesn't even, when you listen to that definition, because many of you may have used the term safe space and thought, okay, maybe you don't agree with the safe space, but you are fine with people having safe spaces as long as they don't intrude on your freedoms and you doing what you want to do. But now that you have heard the definition of a safe space, you can see why, hopefully you can see, and I didn't even get into my point yet, but when I do, you will truly understand why the very concept of a safe space is complete nonsense. Let me read that definition one more time, because today I'm going to explain to you why real life has no safe spaces. There are none, zero safe spaces in real life. And that's why you should stop looking for them. But the definition, again, is a place or environment where a person or category of people can feel confident that they will not be exposed to discrimination, criticism, harassment or any other emotional or physical harm. It'd be laughable if it wasn't a real thing and these places weren't being actually, quote unquote, enforced out in the bubbles of real life. But in real, real life, these things don't exist. Let's get into it. Point number one the topic, once again, is that there are no safe spaces in real life. The price of freedom is security. The price of freedom is security. It doesn't mean you get both at the same time. That means to get one, you have to pay the other. The price of food is money. All right. So what I'm saying is if you don't have any food in your home and you want some food, you probably have to pay somebody some money in order to get some food, right? If you want more freedom than you have right now, then you have to give up some of the security that you currently enjoy. That's the price of freedom, security. So if you want to be 100% completely free, I mean, 100% free, the formula is very simple. Just give up 100% of your security and you'll be 100% free to do whatever you want. Most of us don't have 100% freedom. Almost no one who's listening to me, including myself, has 100% freedom because 100% freedom means we would have no security. That would mean we have no military, no police, no security guards, nobody who could actually defend us if someone tries to impugn on our rights. If you are out in public and somebody tries to snatch your purse or your phone or rob you and there's a police officer around who sees it, the police officer is probably going to intervene and probably try to help you out. And that security that you get from the police officer, the cost of having a police officer like that, the cost is you got to give up a little bit of your freedom, to do whatever you want to do, which means you can't just go into a CVS and just take a bunch of candy bars and walk out without paying because that's freedom that you could have. Again, you gave a little bit of that up by agreeing to live in a civilized society where there are police and there are laws and there are rules and you have to stick to the rules, at least for the most part, if you want to be a part of that environment. Where I live here in Miami in the building that I live in and almost every building that I have lived in for the last you know, 15 plus years, actually all of them, they all have some forms of rules that they post or they share and they, to varying degrees enforce. Not every building enforces the rules the same way. I live in buildings that have rules or strictly enforced. And I respect it. The fact that they strictly enforce the rules because they enforce them all the time on everybody. And there are other buildings where they're a little bit looser with the rule enforcement, meaning there are posted rules, but the rules are not enforced. No one upholds the rules and people flout the rules and nobody does anything about it. So people don't respect them, but they do have rules and they're supposed to be rules in place. And for all of you, wherever you live, there are rules. Right, if You live in the United States. There are police somewhere close by. If you dial 911 and there was a true emergency and you call, eventually, hopefully, somebody's going to show up. right? So we all give up a little bit of our freedom to just do anything in exchange for having something like the police, something like the judicial system, courts, et cetera. We give up the freedom to keep every single dollar that we earn by paying taxes, most of us, hopefully. And okay, so the whole point is that nobody has 100% freedom, we give up a little bit of freedom in order to have some level of security. So anytime you opt for more security, you are giving up some of your freedom in order to have it. Now, I explained all this in the episode where I talked about the differences between freedom and security. If you did not hear that episode, I discussed it in episode 2708, freedom and security are opposites. And I also talked about where true security comes from in episode 2407 from, in a little bit of a different context. So this concept, we're talking about safe spaces. This works in the opposite direction as well. If you want to be completely free, you got to give up all the securities that you have in life. Right? Any of you want to be completely free of you all your securities. You want to be free to be intimate with any person that you want, anytime, and any place. What do you do? Well, you got to give up the security of the current relationship that you are in. Any of you who is in a committed relationship, you're married with a husband or wife. You want to be completely free to be sexually intimate anytime you want. You probably will have to trade in the security of the relationship that you have right now. If you wanted freedom to, another example, come to work whenever you feel like it, and if you don't feel like it, don't come to work, and you want to do whatever you want to do at work, or you want to do nothing at all if you want, then, okay, you just got to give up the security of your current employment and the position which you hold and the paycheck that comes with it. You're willing to give that up, then you can have the freedom of doing whatever you want on a work day and not coming if you don't want to. Anywhere where you want increased freedom, folks, you had to give up some of your security. Everybody gets that point by now, right? The reason why life then, doing all this to draw a parallel, the reason why life has no true safe spaces is because there's no place in life where you can be 100% secure while having any freedom whatsoever. Anywhere in life where you have 100% security, that means you have 0% freedom by definition. Anywhere in life where you have 100 percent freedom, you have zero percent security by definition, by the definition that I have laid out here in the episodes I referred to you and in what I've explained so far here today. If such a place did exist, a place where you had 100 percent security, meaning a safe space, as by the definition that I read to you twice already, if that place existed, most people will call this place bondage or slavery or incarceration. That's pretty much what it is. Only place where you can be 100% secure would be probably behind bars of some maximum maximum security prison. Uh, and it's no coincidence that that's what it's called. Any of you has ever been to a facility like that, I have not. Any of you who has, hopefully you were just visiting, and hopefully you'll never go inside one of those again. But any of you who hasn't, like me, you're going to learn about it by watching you no know, National Geographic or some videos on YouTube. What is a maximum security prison? It's the type of prison that killers and rapists and people who have done mass shootings They're the places that those people end up going. These are the most dangerous individuals who are the biggest threats to society. They get put in maximum security prison. The maximum security is not for the security of the inmates. It's for the security of the people outside of the jail. So they put the most dangerous people inside of a maximum security place. And the people inside of a maximum security place usually are 100% secure because they have very little contact with any other human beings. If you ever watch any of those TV shows or documentaries about these kind of places. People inside of maximum security prisons are often housed individually. They're not two people in a cell or multiple people in a cell. They're housed individually. They have very little contact with any other person. And only people they ever have contact with are the corrections officers, the officers who will bring them out maybe for their outside time or to get food and things like, even the food. They just bring you the food to the cell. You didn't go anywhere. So that's what a maximum security place is. And the inmates inside of a maximum security facility, I don't know if they get access to podcasts when they're listening. And when they're in there, if any of you is listening to this show, write me. You can send me a, a letter and you can let me know if I got it right the way I'm describing this. Again, I'm not going to come see it for myself, but you could tell me if I got it right or wrong from your vantage point. And they are 100% secure. Nothing can happen to them. All right? They are not in danger of any type of physical harm. They're not in danger of any type of emotional harm from another person. They will not be harassed they won't be criticized, they won't be discriminated against. None of these things can happen to them. They're not exposed to anything. Why? Because they're 100% secure behind those bars. So any of you who wants to be 100% secure, that's pretty much the type of place you would have to go to. I don't think most of you want to do that. You are free to do whatever you want, but inside that maximum security place, but you will have very limited means and space in which to do it. Everyone understand where I'm coming from here? The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want. Most of you do that. It's not because they're not willing to do the work. Most of you do a whole lot of that. It's because they never ask themselves the third key question, which is who do I need to be? I wrote a book called The Mirror of Motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself. That's why it's called The Mirror of Motivation. In that book, You're gonna learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy, then do what you need to do, and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you wanna have. And that sounds like the missing link in your process. And let me give you a hint, it is the missing link in your process. I'll give you a free copy of the Mirror of Motivation. All you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Point number two, point number two, today's topic once again is there are no safe spaces in real life. Number two, criticism is the price of success. If you want to be successful, then the price you pay is you will be criticized. Name a successful person who doesn't get criticized. Name one. Name a publicly noted successful person, person who is publicly noted for their success in any space, politics, sports, entertainment, business, any form of government. It could be local in your community. It could be national, worldwide. Name a person who is publicly noted for their success who has never received any form of criticism. You can't name one. Any of you who has ever created a level of success that is a public note. Public note doesn't have to be worldwide. It could be just within your community if you were known for your success just amongst your in high school, just amongst the student body in high school, I guarantee you had a couple of people, at least, who had something negative to say about you and or the success that you had created. If you created some success in your career right now, I guarantee you, whether you know about it or not, there are some people who have some negative critiques and some negative things to say about you and or the success you've created. Some of you may call these people haters, but maybe they just have a criticism. They just want to critique because Success draws attention, and the more attention you draw, eventually, inevitably, somebody's going to have something negative to say about it and or you. This is just how it works. The price of being successful is you will be criticized. And again, the safe space definition says you're in a place where you are free from any possible criticism. Where in the hell in the world does that exist? Name one place in the world where you could never possibly be criticized, besides preschool because the kids, their brains aren't developed enough to know how to criticize each other. Besides that, there is nowhere in the world where you can't be criticized. Where has that place ever existed? Somebody name it for me. If I'm missing something, somebody let me know. Where in the world can you go where you could never possibly be exposed to criticism? And anyway, why would you want to go to that place in the first place? Because I just told you that the most successful people in the world get criticized the most. Has Jeff Bezos been criticized? Yes but he's one of the most successful retailers in history. Was Steve Jobs criticized? Yes, but he was one of the most successful visionaries and tech guys in history. Name whatever president you like of all the living presidents. What we got? We got Biden as of today. We got Donald Trump. We got Obama. And we have Bush the Second, W. Bush and Bill Clinton still alive. Are right, those all only presidents still alive, right? Okay. So that's five people. Okay. Has any of them escaped criticism? All right. They all been criticized, right? Anyone who has created success gets criticized. It's LeBron James get criticized. A very successful basketball player. O- amongst current active players, he probably is the highest in the standings of all time players. He gets criticized. Michael Jordan, he got criticized. Kobe Bryant got criticized. Name someone who has created success who doesn't get criticized. Name someone. I'm waiting. Give me a name. What's the highest job title you can have in the United States? That would be the president. At any given time half of the voting public hates the current president. Hate may be a strong word, but they are not in agreement with the fact that this person is in charge. Let's put it that way. Half of the voting public, every time there's a national election for president, roughly half of the voters vote for the Democrat and half of them vote for the Republican, roughly, in the general concept. So then whichever one wins, the Democrat or Republican, the other side, is pretty disappointed and they will critique that person for the entire term that they're in position until they get replaced by somebody else, hopefully on the other side of the aisle, right? So even the highest job in the country, you got half the people who care about it criticizing you. Isn't that interesting? I browse through X, often X was formerly known as Twitter. And I noticed that there is a region of basketball fans that had this ongoing, never-ending debate talking about basically three different players for the most part, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. There's all types of conversations this whole underworld of these people and I got informed of this underworld so to speak because I responded to a couple of posts that people put up talking about one or a couple of these guys just responding to things that people say and then when you respond to that type of stuff the app it's software and it's you no know, AI predictive software starts suggesting to you more posts that are about things that you have engaged with in the past so if you respond to some tweets about LeBron James and you get shown more tweets about Lebron James so you respond to some stuff about politics, you get shown more stuff about politics. So I tend to have a very eclectic view of different things. So I just scroll through and look for different topics and just comment on stuff. Sometimes I'm asking the questions, sometimes I'm asserting things, but I talk about a lot of different things. So anyway, once I engage with some of these tweets about LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan, and I noticed that there's this underworld of people, they talk about this stuff all day. And they talk about like today's era basketball player versus the back in the day basketball player, back in the day, meaning like the 90s. And they're all offering these different types of what? Criticisms of different players, all from completely different angles. And the players that they're talking about, we're not talking about some players who were not good. They're all criticizing and finding different angles to critique players who are all timers. Again, these three guys that I just mentioned, these guys are all pretty damn good at basketball. They're all probably in the top Depending on how you list things, at least in the top twenty all time of anyone who's ever picked up a ball, and there are people who all day, every day are going back and forth criticizing these guys. And there are people defending them, of course, and then they have their detractors. None of these debates are about players who couldn't play. All right. Every player you can name gets criticized. Success is a magnet for criticism. So if you in your current position, in your current career, are not being criticized, hated on, had anybody throwing, throwing shade at you, negative stuff at you probably because you have not created enough success that is a public note in order to draw the requisite attention that would inevitably include some criticism. Now, maybe you're being criticized behind your back and you don't know about it. That could possibly happen. I'll give you an example of that. remember in the summer of 2005, I was working at this gym called Valley Total Fitness. And I was the top salesperson in the facility that summer. And it's the summer right before my pro basketball career began. And I would be at the gym, Valley Total Fitness that is where I worked. i would be there every single day because even when I wasn't on the clock to actually work, I would come to the gym and I would use the facilities to work out. Even the days that I had to work, I had to be at work at, let's say nine o'clock, I would get to the gym at like 7.30, get a workout in, then work. And I was always at the facility. I probably spent more time in that facility than damn near anybody in the summer of 2005 because I was always there, even on my off days. So because of that, I built a relationship with a lot of the members because they saw me so often. And thus, I would often make sales. They would send me referrals. I would close sales even on days that I wasn't scheduled to be at work. Now, also that summer, I negotiated to get an entire weekend off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that is, in the retail world to go to an exposure camp. And that was the event that basically launched the start of my pro basketball chapter of my career. In exchange for those three days off, the reason I'm bringing it up is that I basically bargained with my boss, Steve. And if you give me these three days off, I will make up for the three days that you gave me off by working extra days after that, just to make up for the sales volume. First of all, the time is one thing. He didn't really care about the time. He cared about the sales volume because I was the top salesperson there and his paycheck was attached to how much sales volume happened. So he didn't want his top salesperson missing too many days. So I said, Steve, I'll work like three weeks straight every single day just to make up for the sales volume. If you're going to get these three days off, he gave me the three days off and I worked like a month straight in order to make up for those days and also to make up for the sales because I was on commission as well. So I needed the money just as much as he needed the money. So I was working a lot. So I was putting in all this extra time again to make up for the production that I missed on those days off. So when my name was at the top of that sales leaderboard, some of my coworkers would make snide remarks. I remember one of my coworkers, he was a, he was a funny guy. He's always joking type of dude. And he made this joke one time we were all in the, the phone room. And this is when the phones were landlines we had cell phones, but most of our calls were made the landlines. We were all be in there just making calls, calling prospects, trying to set appointments, et cetera. He said something like, we were looking at the sales board and my name was at the top of the board and I'm in the room. He's like, Dre, the only reason you're at the top of the board because you're here every day. Like, you basically live here. And everybody's laughing. I laughed too. It was, it was funny the way he said it, but it was a veiled criticism. He, he said it as a joke, but as they say, about the truth is said in jest. He said it as a joke, but it was a veiled criticism because, or what some of you may call hating because I was at the top of the sales board. And had I been at the bottom of the sales board working every day. No, I would have gave it that. All right. The only reason anybody cared, and the only reason everybody laughed, is because all right, he's at the top of the sales board has to be a reason why. Oh, it's because he's at work every day, not because he's actually good at selling, which I think the last you know, 20 years have proved that I am. You know, those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway. Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them, no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day all you had to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com again that's thirddaybook.com get a free copy of that book how to separate yourself the pro from the amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it just go to thirddaybook.com moving on to point number 3 today's topic once again is there are no safe spaces in real life number 3 emotional harm now this is a slippery one it always gets my Spider-sense is tingling when people start using these slippery terms like emotional harm, because emotional harm or emotional abuse, that's another one you hear people using. These are terms that are completely 100% subjective. You can't measure emotional abuse. You cannot measure emotional harm, and anyone can claim it, and there is no black and white logical way to disprove it when someone claims that they've been emotionally harmed. So in this definition of safe space, they say a place where someone can be confident they will not be exposed to emotional harm. What the hell does that mean? See, emotional harm is not something we can measure. We can't see it with our eyes. Emotional harm is only something that someone can accuse people of, which makes it a very slippery accusation and one that I don't really trust or respect in the general sense. I don't like this term at all. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It does exist. I just don't like it because I feel a lot of people abuse it the same way that many people go out and abuse them the concept of mental health as a crutch or an excuse for a lack of performance or an unwillingness to perform. Well, people say, well, I can't come to work because of mental health reasons. And technically, they're not wrong because mental health is basically the human condition. I can't come to work because I don't feel like coming to work. Well, technically, they're not lying. <laughs> but is that really a mental health issue? Not really. And because it's such a slippery term, this is how you get a lot of people using it and then in turn abusing it. And when you incentivize people to abuse terms like this, they will abuse them because someone can just claim emotional harm and they can use that as a way to bring a lawsuit against you or fire you from your job with cause or make you look bad publicly in some way, shape or form. People will do this. Why? Because you've given them an incentive to do so. And this whole safe space thing, when people buy into the concept that we got to have a safe space in our environment and someone says, well, I've been emotionally harmed in this environment, so this is not a safe space. So you got to create a space where no one can emotionally harm me, which means no one can say or do anything that's going to make me feel emotionally harmed, Was basically is a way of censoring and blocking people from saying, doing, representing, or co-signing or agreeing with certain things, which is a way of the person claiming emotional abuse to basically, they are leveraging all the power. That's what happens when you allow these terms to be used in, as an offensive weapon. And I talked about this in, let me see what episode that was where I talked about it, because I talked about how people are... Basically, using victimhood as a way of being dictators. So episode 1888 Victims are the new dictators. So, everything, again, everything I'm talking about here, there are pieces of it I've peppered into other episodes of the show. Victims have become the new dictators just in the way that I just explained to you. So, if I say, Well, look, I need a safe space at work where I cannot be exposed to emotional abuse. And somebody says, okay, Dre, well, what does emotional abuse mean? Well, emotional abuse is any person who is a Republican. So, anybody who says anything that is a Republican talking point is emotional abuse to me because it makes me feel bad. And the job agrees with me. Okay. No one can say anything that agrees with a Republican talking point because that's emotional abusive to me. I don't want anyone to say anything that I don't want anyone to misgender me. So, I'm not a he or a she. I'm a they, them. So, anybody who doesn't call me they, them, or they call me a he or a she because I look like a boy or a girl. That's emotionally abusive to me. They can't do that. And now everybody has used the the pronouns that I am demanding that they use. These are ways that the victims, the people claiming emotional abuse or the fear of emotional abuse, become the dictators because they start dictating what other people can and can't do based on the fact that they might be harmed by it, based on something that is vaporous and you can't see it and you can't touch it. That's why this whole concept is bullshit. And this is why I keep talking about it. And this is why I'm laying it out in this way. And everyone needs to understand this. And those of you who agree with this, hopefully you can, At least least you can do is share this message. All right. That's what you can do. You can share this. I'm not even going to ask you to say it because some of you are not in a position to say it because of your professional connections. Some of you are not in to say it because you don't have the audience that I have, but you can at least share this, post a link to this. All right. Send this to a friend, All right? a friend that you trust, who's not going to out you for listening to something like this. All right. <laughs> That's the best thing that you can do. This is the bullshit that I'm talking about. And people use this, again, as an offensive weapon. This is not just people defending themselves from some real harm happening to them. No, that's what they call it. But then when you see how it's actually getting abused, then you realize what's really going on. And someone like myself, again, my unique ability is the ability to break these things down and explain them in ways that anyone can understand. And nobody can bullshit and dance around the fact of what I'm pointing out. This is why a lot of people with whom I have openly disagreed and would welcome having a conversation with publicly to talk about the bullshit that they push, none of them will have a conversation with me because they can't talk around me. They can't talk circles around me. And I'll call them on their bullshit, expose them and embarrass or, if necessary, humiliate them in front of their own audiences. That's why none of them will talk to me. So any of you wondering, Dre, man, there are people who have different points of view from what you talk about, okay? Why don't you go talk to some of them? But they won't talk to me because they know the deal. Once they, they get to hear me talk a little bit, they're like, okay, no, nah, I can't. Can't do that. Uh, that would be a bad idea. All right, so the whole point here is, folks. This doesn't mean that these people who are claiming mental health or emotional abuse, doesn't mean that they're necessarily lying, but it also doesn't mean that they're telling the truth. See, the challenge being there's no clear way to tell the difference. See, the challenge with this whole concept of a safe space is that people can claim emotional harm as a way to shield themselves from any form of critique. Criticism, challenge, or exposure to anything that they don't like. It's something they don't like could simply be a person like myself challenging them publicly on the bullshit that they say. And there are some people whose names I won't say here today, not today, who fall into this category. They claim emotional abuse or emotional harm so that you can't say anything to or about them, even though the very things that they're saying are just as public as the things that you say. But, uh, while well, you're emotionally harming me by calling me out. As if. Anything they say just has to be accepted quietly and nobody's allowed to critique, criticize, challenge, or expose anything that goes against what they don't want to hear. And again, this is why you got to be careful of finding yourself in any type of bubble environment. I talked about this in episode 1626, how to know if you're in a bubble and how to get out of it. One place that is definitely becoming more and more of a bubble are your liberal leaning colleges and universities. So any of you college students listening to this, If you attend a liberal leaning college or university, be careful. Uh, How do you know if you attend one of these? There's a safe space on campus. Any college student listening to this right now or anyone who works on a college there's a place that's literally labeled a safe space on the campus upon which you work or go to school. That is a liberal leaning university. You need to be very careful what you're being taught there and how you're being indoctrinated because you are being taught to believe that this bullshit that I'm pointing out is actually real. And substantial. It is not. Any questions? And the The acceptance of this concept of a safe space. The reason why this is such a big problem is because we are allowing these weaklings to do this and push these ideas out. And it's going from colleges was one place. Well, it starts in preschool. There are safe spaces in preschool because, again, the kids aren't developmentally enough to do any type of emotional harm to each other for the most part, as a general rule. Now you got safe spaces. Then you move them up to the K through 12 level. Now you have safe spaces at the college level where we have young adults who are getting ready for the real world. Then they get out into the real world and they demand safe spaces in real places like corporate environments, like inside of companies. You have safe spaces now. And if you work in a company that has a safe space, a labeled safe space, then you work in a place where there's a meeting and only the black and indigenous and gays can come to the meeting. If you're a white heterosexual male, you're not allowed at the meeting because Is a safe space for a certain type of person. This complete bullshit. And this is a black male talking to you. And many people are not only accepting this, but pushing it. That's the the scary part, is that they're pushing this, that we need more and more of this. When no, we need less, we need to completely destroy it. And we had strong people standing on some actual principles and morals from the beginning. This never would have even happened. But had it not happened, then hey, I would have had to come up with a different topic for today's episode. So we take the good with the bad. Let's recap today's class, which is there are no safe spaces in real life. Again, safe space is defined as a place or an environment in which a or category of people can feel confident that they will not be exposed to discrimination, criticism, harassment, or any other emotional or physical harm. It's a complete nonsense definition. So let's talk about why this is garbage. Number one, the price of freedom is your security. If you want complete freedom in life. The formula is very simple. You got to give up all your security. If you want 100% security in life, then go to prison and get locked into a max security facility. You won't have contact with another person. No one can emotionally harm you, criticize you, or harass you in any way, shape, or form, but you give up 100% of your freedom. That is the trade-off in Mm -hmm. life. Number two, criticism is the price of success. Every successful person gets criticized. You can't name a single successful person in history who was not criticized. Everybody who was successful gets criticized. Only people who don't get criticized are people who are not achieving anything. So if you want to be completely immune to criticism, then you have to go somewhere and achieve absolutely nothing. Now, you can be mentally immune to criticism. doesn't mean you're not receiving it. But if you want to be tangibly immune to criticism, that means you cannot achieve anything. Number three, emotional harm is a choice. It's not an outcome. And it's a very slippery concept because we can't measure it. We can't see it with our eyes. And you get a lot of weaklings, victims who now become dictators because they are using this as an offensive weapon to block other people from doing, saying, thinking, or representing anything which they don't like. And this is being accepted. That's the part that's crazy is that it's being accepted. It's not that these weaklings exist. They're not new. It's the fact that they have these concepts that are now being accepted in society as if they are substantial when they're complete nonsense. And 15 years ago, we would have asked these people out of the room, but now we're letting them in the room and they're kicking you out because nobody's standing on anything in this process. All that said, tomorrow, guess what we're going to do? I'm going to tell you how to create your own safe space in the right way in life. Text me, make sure you're in my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. Work on your game, It's the only place you can work with me directly. If you'd like to have me as your guide, your coach, your mentor, go to work on your game, link. is down below in the description. Work on your game. Dre all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me. So you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again. 305 384 6894. One more time 305 384 6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305 384 6894. Are you ready to take your health and well being to the next level? Or if you're already at the next level, you want to make sure you stay there? Introducing AG1, the ultimate all-in-one supplement that will revolutionize your daily routine. AG1 is meticulously crafted to provide your body with a comprehensive blend of 75 essential nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. What does all that mean? Let me make it simple. It means you're getting the perfect solution for those of you who are committed to optimizing your health and fueling your body with the very best. I take this stuff myself. Besides water and my protein shake, I don't put anything else in my body. Whether you're a professional athlete or someone who values meticulous attention to detail when it comes to what you put in your body, AG1 is designed with people like us in mind. But the benefits don't stop there. When you choose AG1, you're going to receive a free one year supply of vitamin D, a vital nutrient that supports a strong immune system and promotes healthy bones. On top of that, we're including five free AG1 travel packs so you can stay on top of your game wherever life takes you. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Your body deserves the highest quality nutrition and AG1 is here to deliver. That's why I partner with them. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. If you ever get to working with me, one thing I'm going to tell you is you need to drink more water. I don't care who you are, what it is you do. So I have something exciting to help quench your thirst for knowledgeable and clean hydration. This is called AquaTrue, the ultimate water purifier that will have you saying cheers to a healthier lifestyle. Now we all know the struggle of staying hydrated. Some of you don't like water, some of you forget to drink water and some of you are drinking water out of plastic and you're basically killing yourself at the same time because you're ingesting plastic at the same time you're ingesting water that's why Aquatrue is here to revolutionize your sipping game so say goodbye to those flimsy plastic bottles and to that plastic that you're drinking and say hello to the next level of refreshing hydration let me tell you why aqua true is the real deal first of all clean and crisp perfection you are not just drinking water this is pure crystal clear delight so no more funky taste No more strange odors. Now you just have the ultimate freshness. It's like having a personal oasis right there in the middle of your kitchen. Secondly, AquaTrue is keeping it real because they're all about transparency, just like that crystal clear water that you're going to be drinking. AquaTrue fills out all the nasty stuff that comes with drinking from plastic bottles and your body will thank you for making this switch. Trust me on that. Number three, the hydration game is strong. You are a hydration superhero, and if you're anything like me, I drink 200 ounces of water a day. If you're even close to that or even half of that, with Aqua True, you will have the cleanest, tastiest water at your fingertips, making it very easy to reach your hydration goals. Then number four, goodbye to plastic and hello to the planet. Let's save our planet together. By ditching plastic bottles and opting for Aqua True instead, you will be making a positive impact on your health and on the environment at the exact same time. This is a win-win. Good for you and it's good for the planet. Oh, and guess what? We got a little something special for you. You're going to get a refreshing $100 off of any Aqua True model today so you can start your hydration journey in style. So you're ready to take the plunge, right? Here's what you do. Go over to workonyourgame.com AT. That stands for AquaTrue. Workonyourgame.com slash AT and dive into the Aqua True experience. Your body and the planet will thank you for it. As a matter of fact, I'll thank you in advance. That's workonyourgame.com AT. Workonyourgame.com AT. Aqua True is making hydration awesome, one clean sip at a time. So let's drink to a healthier you.